Sound of Truth starts now. Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, as we seek to inform, inspire, and encourage you in your walk with Christ through engaging interviews of ordinary people in whom God is doing an extraordinary work. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited that you've chosen to join us. We are blessed to have as our guest, Dave Harvey, who's currently serving as the president of the Great Commission Collective. He was a pastor for many years, and he is married to Kim, been married for a long time. How many years is it, Dave? 38 years. 38 years. Four grown children, six grandchildren, and he's also an author, probably most known for his book, When Sinners Say I Do. Discovering the Power of the Gospel for Marriage, a book I have recommended frequently and given away at least once. I think this is my second copy. Probably given away more than that, actually. Dave, you want to give a, a just a 15-second right. summary of the message of the book? That the, the gospel is the, is the answer to the deepest problems that we have and the greatest needs that we have in marriage. That's not an attempt to oversimplify the complexity of life or, or problems, but that too often marriage teaching and marriage writing moves beyond the heart or skips over the heart and just goes to techniques and ways to improve life and manage each other's uh, sinfulness rather than really dealing with the things that, that make the gospel glorious, which is that there's power to change. There's power to be transformed, that God's making us into something new, and that marriage is a context that is designed by God to reveal our hearts so that he can be magnified and we can be transformed. And all of that takes place through the gospel. Amen. So let's get into more specific subtopics, if you will, within marriage. And I have a list of questions here, but we're only going to have time to go over, I think, a few of them. So uh, let me just start with this one. What are the basic ingredients that must be, if you want to say like a recipe, in the recipe for a couple to have a successful marriage, building upon the foundation of being gospel-centered, as you just mentioned? Well, I never want to answer that question without, you know, being explicit about the gospel, um, because the gospel really does reveal the problems um, that are are deepest within marriage, uh, which is not unmet needs or circumstances or the way Adam said it, the woman you gave me, Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the quotes that I have in the When Sinners Say I Do book is is one by Thomas Watson. He once said, till sin be bitter, Christ will not be sweet. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and so this, if we have to discover the bitterness of sin to really appreciate what, what Christ has accomplished and to experience sweetness in our marriage. So the, so the gospel reveals the problem. The gospel supplies the solution as well. And we don't just want to skip over that. But, um, yeah, there's, so there's other things as well. I mean, I think when I think about marriages, my own and others that I've sat across from, I think forgiveness is a, is a huge issue. Um, many believers, though they affirm their sinfulness, view themselves primarily as sinned against. Mm -hmm. So, which is not to say you can't be sinned against or you can't be a victim. It's just to say that it's, it's not our biggest problem or the highest status that Scripture assigns to us. Uh, so I, I think that forgiveness, the ability to forgive one another, begins 
not with landing on the idea that I have been most sinned against in this marriage, but that I'm a fellow sinner in this marriage. And, and by the way, that's the point. That's the whole point of the unforgiving servant parable in Matthew 18. You, get, you have the master, uh, he, the guy owes the master 10,000 talents of a king, mm-hmm. 10,000 talents. He owes another guy, hundred denarii. Uh, the, the master forgives him this great amount of 10,000 talents. He turns around, chokes the other guy, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's been forgiven this great amount. But he turns and he chokes one who owes him far less. And this is what he says to him. He says, pay what you owe. So at, at the heart of this unforgiveness in marriage is this idea of pay what you owe. I feel sinned against, mm-hmm. and you are going to pay what you owe. And so you have two people that don't haven't necessarily come to terms with the point of the master's forgiveness, mm-hmm. which is that forgiven sinners forgive. <laughs> forgiven sinners forgive. That's Right. That's like our job description. That's that's what that's one of the beauties of the gospel. So I think I think forgiveness is another one. And we could talk about friendship. We could talk about other things as well. But those those jump immediately to mind. Well, and there's plenty of books on that stuff. So uh, I think you 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 really filled a niche. You you met a need here to <laughs> to delve into that topic of needs. You met a need with this book to help us get to the root of the issue. The root of the problem. So, and um, one thing. Well, I was I was going to ask this, or just maybe posit this idea that that same parable. Well, not that same parable, but a similar parable talks about you know he who is forgiven much loves much. The idea. I think that it was this. Well, maybe I don't know if that was a parable. I believe it actually may have been um, a, a story. The prostitute with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. The, the I think it was a, a prostitute who had come to him, started washing his feet with her own hair. And everybody's kind of, you know, aghast at this. It's like, if he knew who she was, mm-hmm. and, and make sure I'm not getting these stories mixed up, but if he knew who she was, he wouldn't be doing the, letting him happen. Uh-huh. And uh, then he kind of, you know, takes it to, to the, 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 home, uh, the homeowner, or I think it was a Pharisee maybe at the time. And he was like, listen, she is loving me so much because she's been forgiven so right. much. And this same idea where you're talking about, you know, forgivers of people who are forgiven will also forgive. And on that same, yeah. uh, that same idea, they, those who are forgiven will love much. I mean, imagine applying that same idea of if you've been, if your spouse is forgiving you, mm-hmm. how much more are you going to love them having known you are guilty and they are forgiving you of something that you've done. So yeah, the yeah, point of that, the point of that story is not that the prostitute is a really big sinner. The point of that story is that, she represents all of us, mm-hmm. and and we have all been forgiven much. And, if, and the more that we we recognize how much we've been forgiven, mm-hmm. the more it will unleash the love of God from us. Very good. Yes. Yeah. So um, that that gets into uh, one of the. Uh, I mean, really, it hits on the subject of conflict. Uh, I remember in seminary, I was. I was blessed to have uh, Calvin Miller, who was most well-known also, also as an author, but he was a seminary professor later in life. And I remember Dr. Miller said at one point, if you've talked to a couple and they said they've been married for several years and, and they've never had a single argument, he said, they're either A, lying, or B, they've been living in separate houses. Um, I thought, man, that's that's true. Conflict comes with marriage. So... <laughs> I've got a personal story for that. <laughs> uh, how how so many years I thought me and Daisy were great. 
because we don't argue. We never get in arguments. It wasn't until I, I started thinking, we don't get in arguments, but man, we are really, like, when the other person is upset, they really give the other person the cold shoulder. <laughs> we just won't talk for the rest of the night. Uh-huh. Like, so there aren't any, for the longest time, and even now, um, there aren't much arguments in our household, but there are definitely days or nights of just coldness where there's That's no conflict. talking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't see it as conflict, though. Just, right. I'm the man. I'm like, oh, I guess she's being quiet today. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't until just recently, I think our communication is definitely, you know, bumped up to where we can actually talk about like how she's feeling and then I can, you know, you know, also let her know how I'm feeling about it too. But it wasn't, it wasn't down, knock, knock down, drag out arguments. It was always, it's cold in the house today. <laughs> you guys are being so, sanctified. I, I didn't, I didn't mean to take to no, derail no. you there, but go on. So what are the basics of how a couple should handle conflict? Because, Dave, I think you're going to take it back to the gospel, aren't you? Well, you know, one of the things that's, that's surprising, Brad, is just I, I think for people that aren't as familiar with the Bible is they discover how, how relevant the Bible really is on, on certain practical life issues. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this would be one of them. So, so the Bible teaches that resolving conflict should start with self-examination. And I'm thinking specifically of Matthew chapter 7, where, where Jesus said, how can you say to your brother, mm-hmm. let me speck out of your eye. When there's a log in your own eye, you hypocrite, you know, take the speck out, take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take a speck out of your brother's eye. So, <clears throat> so there, there's a reason that, that he goes there, and that is that the Bible doesn't immediately sanctify our sense of anger um, doesn't immediately justify our sense of rightness or our aggrieved status. The Bible introduces a whole other assumption to us, and that is uh, James chapter 4, verses 1. What causes quarrels and what mm-hmm. causes fights among you? Is it not that your passions are at war within you? So, so the, the idea that the cravings and desires underlie conflict. That's, that's where the Bible goes. And so the reason why we have to look to ourselves is because there's nobody on the moral high ground here. Right, you know, yes. we have to look, look to ourselves and just see what the Spirit of God would reveal. So God turns us first to our own hearts so we can examine what cravings may be creating that log that's going to obscure our sight to really be able to help our, our spouse. So, um, you know, that, that idea is, Right out of the gate, we learned that, that conflict doesn't immediately mean that it's something that we're coming at each other. It's it's first a call to self examination, and then and then you know a call to kind of be patient and look at. We we think our agitated here. If any if any of your listeners are like me, this is where they are. We think our agitated feelings are the spirits prompting to speak immediately to our spouse, <laughs> when in reality it's the spirits prompting to examine our heart. Mm-hmm. That's what's coming up. Something's surfacing in our heart. And it shouldn't be given words first. It should be given reflection before right. God. And that, that's what gives us the ability to, you know, to, to remove the log. And then to go to each other with a kind of an, an intent to help each other. Because the motivations change when you do that. All of a sudden, being right, making the point, winning the argument, those things are no longer what's most important. What's most important is reconnecting my spouse to their Savior and helping my spouse see if there is something 
they need to see. But going in humility and going in kindness and, and, and gentleness. Uh, so, you know, when it comes to talking about these hard things, it's kind of like surgery. You know, timing is everything. We, we need to think about these delicate conversations as soul surgery. So a wise surgeon, you know, will choose the right time, right place, Make sure the environment is sanitized. Make sure the patient is ready, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 we'll move forward. So those are those are a few things that, that come immediately to mind. So before we wrap up this episode, and we're going to ask you to share your your contact info, or not your contact, but how people can follow you. But before we ask you that and close things out, I think Rick has one more question. Yeah. So there's a lot uh, written on suffering for the Christian. Um, and the Bible speaks a lot to, you know, you know, our in our Christian life, there will be suffering. Uh, but you've written on when your spouse suffers. And I was hoping maybe you could speak a little bit to that. Yeah, I think the reason for that is because if you stay married long enough, one of you are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how we respond when our spouse suffers says a lot about our our true vision for marriage. You know, it was, was the vision kind of sanitized or was it, was it narrowed uh, to just good times where we prop each other up, but when our health becomes a liability, our, our marriage grows weaker? Mm-hmm. Or, or did we really have a vision that, you know what, to grow old together is to suffer together. It's, it's to learn how to serve your spouse. One of us is going to die first. I mean, that's, that's the thing, we, you know, we don't ever want to talk about that when it comes to marriage, but the reality is we're both going to be suffering if we stay together, yeah, we're, and one of us is going to die first, and are we, are we thinking about that uh, or in preparing for that inevitability? And, and because, you know, there's a way that suffering bends us inward, yep. and, uh, and, and it can really tempt a marriage, so helping your spouse suffer and keeping your heart right when your spouse is suffering is a really important part of, of showing love within the marriage. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Dave, let's just put a quick plug in for the great commission collective. I know our congregation is part of it, but uh, there might be some people out there listening and want to know what is this great commission collective? So, well, I'm really grateful to God that your congregation is one of the founding churches. And yeah, I mean, it's a thrill to be, for me to be a part of Great Commission Collective, to lead it. It's a, it's a group that exists to plant churches and strengthen leaders. So we're, we're, we're not only seeking to wisely and aggressively and caringly see churches started, but we're also looking to ensure that leaders remain in ministry and that those churches remain strong. So we have that second part of strengthening leaders, which involves training and, and care and just ongoing nurturing. So those two things are pretty much at the heart of what we do. Amen. I'm very thankful for Great Commission Collective and, and the work that's being done and your leadership, Dave. So, well, we're coming to the end of this. Yeah. Uh, Dave, thank you again so much for your time and these, these two episodes that you've given to us. And we uh, so we want to bless you with just our, our thanks and, yep. and encouragement and also to encourage people to uh, go to Amazon or wherever you can buy books right. and uh look these books up mm-hmm. and they're they're worthwhile so well dave with this very last minute of the show we know you got to jet out of here but we'll go and give you this last minute to kind of uh maybe give any promotion to any any of your uh, or, or books or anything that you want us to know about um how people can follow yeah. your ministry mm-hmm. etc well, we'll thank you URL we'll post for you but go ahead mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I really appreciate you guys inviting me to be on. And uh, so thank you for that. I, I think the best way uh, to track the material that I'm, um, I, I've written and I, I continue to write is to go to my website at rev, revdaveharvey.com and just subscribe to the newsletter. Um, there's information on the three books that I mentioned earlier. I wrote last year on marriage. Um, the I, I Still Do book, which is the is the uh, sequel to the When Sinners Say I Do and the plurality principle that we talked about the, in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under under uh, at Rev Dave Harvey. So, yeah, those are places. You know, Amazon, you can get material on Amazon, but I, I continue to blog and, and do other things at the RevDaveHarvey.com site. Outstanding. Well, Dave, thank you. Thank you so much for your yep. time. Thank you for your wisdom, and uh, thank you for your friendship and for your leadership. Uh, we will keep in touch and maybe sometime have you back on the program. So thanks a lot, sir. Thank you guys. All right. God bless. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends. Thanks. The music is by Canon and is used with permission. This podcast is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2021.